Two games down, three preseason games to go. This is Round Ball Round on utahjazz.com. I'm J.P. Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112, equal housing lender. Jazz guard pairings was the storyline to watch heading into the preseason, heading into training camp, and it continues to be so. It has been only two, so the broad strokes, this guy's trash, this guy's not, no, not willing to go there. What I am willing to say, though, is that this is still a position group that they need to sort out. It makes sense what they did heading into the first game in starting Taylor Horton Tucker. I feel he earned a shot at the starting spot because of the way that he ended last year. 18 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. They're about his averages after the All-Star break. He earned a shot at being the one. Now, this is fully understanding. This is very different from last season. No Mike Conley. That was undisputed. Immediately, he was going to have to be on the court for the Jazz to have early game success, and late game success. There were plenty of podcasts last season where the virtues of Mike Conley were extolled right here in this space because the Jazz were playing so many close games that he helped tip the scales. He organized them. He got them in the right spots. He made sure that there was an adult in the room, so to speak, as pieces around him were still figuring out how to play with each other. There has been tremendous roster turnover for the Jazz. Last season with the trades, post-trade deadline with the trades, and the group that finished the year. What does that mean for Taylor Horton Tucker? It means he gets a shot at the starting nod, which he deserves, and which last game he showed why he gets that chance. He had 22 points in the second half against the Clippers in Seattle. And it was all the things that Taylor Horton Tucker has shown. He's quick in the attack. He drives the driving aspect of his game. It's why maybe that pairing with Colin Sexton is a little difficult. They have duplicated skill sets. They're both trying to go downhill. Colin Sexton on last year's squad... Nobody put pressure on the rim like him. He was going to the free throw line when the Jazz needed to change the pace. He was it. So now he's starting alongside Taylor Horton Tucker, and he's doing it alongside a big front line. What you need to know about the Jazz is that they are committed to Walker Kessler, Lowry Markinen, and John Collins as the front line. The guard pairings is a work in progress. I have a screenshot of last night's game with that front line, how difficult the spacing is, where John Collins is hanging out in the dunker spot. Walker Kessler just made a cut into the center, into the paint, and then Jordan Clarkson is driving into the lane trying to get a kick out. If you don't have good spacing, you can't get those driving kicks. 
Nobody's collapsing because they're already defending in the paint. It's the reason why so many teams are playing five out. That's the creation of five out, so that you can get driving lanes and figure out angles to take off at the rim. Taylor Warren Tucker showed good points in the second half, knowing how to get back into the game and doing easy things in transition. Transition buckets were crucial for the Jazz in that second half because they weren't shooting the ball well. It was 20% from three, 40% from the field. It was bad. Everybody looked tired, and rightfully so. They had been in Hawaii, came on a trip straight to Seattle, and you're playing the next day. They don't have the luxury of resting during the preseason. It's kind of weird how the NBA scheduled this. They've got the Celtics playing a back-to-back during this time. And I mean, what are we doing here, folks? They shouldn't be playing three games in four days, five days. It's weird. But whatever. Shout out Drew Carter. Way to go on his debut. But the guard bearing is going to be crucial. Finding the driving lanes with those bigs on the floor. It's why I asked... On the first possession of the game, Walker Kessler gets a three in the corner. Is this a bit? Are we doing an elaborate Tim Robinson, I think you should leave sketch where Walker Kessler is only here for the zip line? He is in the corner hanging out, something that he did last season, but he's not floating into the dunker spot trying to catch on the move. He's sticking there and shooting that corner three. If that's how the Jazz create spacing, that helps their guards with their driving lanes. But I don't know how quickly defenses would react, quickly defenses would respect it. Up to them, I suppose. And now I've made it this far without talking about Keontae George. I'm going to set it up with first hearing from Will what he had to say ahead of the first game, his expectations, and then hear from Keontae reacting to his performance. Keontae, the thing that I've been most impressed with, summer league training camp, is just how he carries himself. Um, he has a, a real confidence about him um, in the way that he approaches his work and the way that he you know, carries himself on the floor when he is playing. I think summer league was kind of everybody's first taste of that to to see the confidence that he had on the court the ability to do a variety of things on the offensive end um Keontae understands that while those moments are great this is not summer league and it's going to be a whole step up in terms of the players you're playing against and the expectations that you have you know from our team um you know to contribute to winning so um what he's shown us so far is why we drafted him. Um, We loved his ability to dribble, pass, and shoot on the offensive end of the floor. We loved his demeanor, his personality, his work ethic. Um, And so he's, he's reflected all those things, you know, early on with us. But, um, you know, I think this is a, this is a special night for him. It's a preseason game, but this is really his first NBA game. So um, it's going to be fun to get him out there on the floor. Katie has done a good job you know, just telling me, you know, next play, next play. Um, you know, you're going to make mistakes your rookie years. You know, that's, that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, like you said, just try to 
keep maintaining that good body language, not try to tell too many that I'm frustrated. You know, of course, I'll be hard on myself, but just understand it. You know, I know the game. You know, I have a high IQ, so just continue to make the uh, the right reads, play winning basketball. And, you know, for me, I think everything will come, you know, with it. So um, just continue to just play play with a free mind and, and just having fun and having a smile on my face. He has pop. He has something that other players don't. He is the highest risk, highest reward of the guard group. You saw it when he was trying to kill people on dunks. He has two almost highlights that would naturally be number one on SportsCenter. Serious reach back jams that he was going for. The Seattle one, the cameras caught him shaking off his wrist because he tried to slam it down so hard, and he missed. But that bounce, that verticality, him creating something for himself out of nothing, he's dynamic. He is what you saw during Summer League so far this preseason in limited bites, against better competition, but he has that offensive prowess. Now defensively, he got backdoored a bunch in the first game. And that's going to be the case. Chris Dunn mentioned this, that Keontae George can be a good defender. But like most rookies, he's not it right now. And rookies don't immediately impact games. The Walker-Kessler... Ochaya Baji measuring stick isn't fair for everyone. And the Walker Kessler one is, isn't as fair to everyone. But hearing how Keontae was such a big point and a big talking point in Hawaii, how much he impressed, how he's still drawing eyeballs after an impressive summer league, there's something there. It seems like the hype train's keeping on moving. It's going to keep on moving because he has so much talent. I like Keontae, but I don't know that you start him immediately. It's a well-held belief of Will Hardy that minutes are earned, they aren't given. So when last year Ochai Abaji isn't getting minutes with the first team, Immediately, he has to go down the stars. There's a hubbub of beat writers complaining, why is no Chayabaji playing? And then he comes along slowly, plays in the new year, and, and shows that he can get what he receives. He earned his minutes along the way. But this isn't too dissimilar to what Jerry Sloan would do. Jerry didn't start Darren Williams right away. And that's with the team that their point guard was Captain Crunch. Seriously, his nickname was Captain Crunch. Milt Palacio, Keith McLeod. They didn't go with the lottery pick, the number three overall pick out of Illinois to start their season. Even he had to earn it. Now, he was very old school. It was a different time. There isn't a Captain Crunch in the guard line. This is actually a very competitive guard line. That's why if Keontae is going to earn his minutes, he's got to show above and beyond that he's beaten established NBA players. Colin Sexton's established. Taylor Horton Tucker is established and finished last season well. Jordan Clarkson has a pedigree. 
Chris Dunn. Haven't even mentioned Chris Dunn. He was the best option in the first game. The minutes he was in was effective. He was perfect 7-for-7 from the field. Had 5 assists on top of all the defense that he does and provides. But that group is much better than the Jazz guard line that Darren Williams was competing against. And it's something to factor when you bring up Taylor Hendricks. Why he isn't playing immediately. These players need time before they're ready for the NBA game. And just because they aren't ready immediately to play at the NBA level doesn't mean that it's over for them. Making too quick of judgments is something that Will Hardy brings up all the time. People had judgments on Lowry Markkinen and who he was going to be before he became the most improved player. It's going to be fascinating to watch how Will Hardy handles this rookie, Keontae George, and the rookies as a whole once the real games start. John has played a lot of pick and roll in his previous uh, you know, stop in Atlanta whether that's as a screener, which obviously he's very good at. Um, you know, he's been a lob threat, very good playing against the switch um, throughout his time in Atlanta. And if he wasn't involved in the pick and roll, he was spaced, sort of stationary and spaced. And so we play a little bit more of a movement style. We play a lot more off-ball action. And so there's a little bit more variety to where he is on the floor. And I think it's just the understanding and freeing his mind up that you're not going to be just in one spot on the court. Um, it's on me and our staff, but it's on me to make sure that I'm keeping it narrow enough, especially early in his time with us, that it's not distracting and confusing where he's got to remember 14 different things. Um, because we do have a little bit of a foundation with a lot of these guys coming back from last year. They know what we've tried to do. They understand some of the terminology. And so I've got to do a better job with John of, of stripping it down and putting him in spots to be successful. Um, you know, and as I've said to you guys so many times last year, the hardest part is doing that without making the game about one person. Um, I've got to figure out the right balance of how to, do some things that help John and benefit John as well as Lowry and Jordan and Colin and all those guys. And so um, preseason is just as important for the staff as it is for the players. Um, you know, obviously we all watch the players play and we evaluate their play, but it, I have to take just as much responsibility after every game of trying to learn and figure out what needs to change, what we can do more of, um, so that's that's the fun part about this time of year is that it's not just the players that are trying to sort of get in shape and figure out what we're doing. As a staff, we're trying to do that as well. John Collins' integration period is going to be similar to Mike Conley's. You remember Mike, his first year, it took until the second half of the season, a game against Boston, for him to feel exactly right in the fit. He'd been in a place so long. He was in Memphis for forever. John was in a very difficult situation with Atlanta. His importance to the offense went down and down. You saw it with his confidence. It went down and down. I mean, his dunks, the number of dunks that he got and the percentage of the offense, his usage rate, it all went down 
progressively through those years. And it has to hurt to be in trade rumors. Every single trade deadline, that affects someone. So rebuilding that confidence, something that Will Hardy was really good at with Lowry last season, building that back up with John will be crucial to his success throughout the season. He has an obvious chip on his shoulder. He's looking forward to the Atlanta Hawks game when these two teams play. His start for his Jazz career, eight points, nine rebounds, two three-pointers. He had that one alley-oop from Colin displaying the athleticism, but it's been very bit parts in the first two. And as you see him try to be more integrated into the offense, more of a foundation of things, the comfort level of each player on the floor, he's got a lot to prove. He does from last season. Because either that's indicative of where his career is going, or it's an outlier. And I imagine the Jazz believe that last season was an outlier. Omer Yurtsevin, I can't wait to activate the Yurt Hive. I'm already a part of it. I have enjoyed and appreciated every single minute of watching Omer Yurtsevin out on the floor. He has a nose for the basketball rebounding-wise. The first game, he's going out there and gobbling every single offensive rebound. Across two games, six points, ten rebounds, four offensive rebounds. It comes in flashes, and it's natural to believe because he's getting the round ball roundup bump. You're welcome, Omer. I watched the highlights again. Of his best game, he nearly had a triple-double. It's him with the Miami Heat against the Suns. And he is doing his Kelly Olenek impression. He's at the elbows, facilitating, passing off. That's the last thing to see from him during this preseason. How much and how often are they going to try to run offense through him? Are they going to give him an opportunity with the second unit or even the third unit? Hey, Can you create something for us? Because he creates something on the offensive glass. He finds energy getting those boards. He is really good at that skill. And you need somebody. I mean, last year, the Jazz didn't have that rebounder. But Omer Yurtsevin, 25 minutes of action. I get it. I get why this guy has an online following. I get why there is a huge fan base around this player, it makes sense. Count me in on the Yurt Hive. It's preseason. There better be an Omer Yurt's of intake on a preseason podcast. Oh, congratulations. You notice Walker Kessler's good. Yes, I know that. You know that. He started off very well. The first possession, he blocks Ivica Zubac. Yes, Walker Kessler, very good. But you don't come to the podcast for standard Walker Kessler takes. You want somebody to go all in on the yurt hive. It's yurt season. Yurt preseason. Finish up here with the GM survey. Couple of inclusions for the Jazz as far as biggest steal in the NBA draft. Keontae George tied second for where he went, 16th. And Bryce Sensabaugh receiving votes in that category as well. They also got 
a high mark in home court advantage, which is pretty impressive considering that the team won 37 games last year. Still matters that it was very difficult to play at home. But I look at that and I see, you know, GM surveys, fun to watch, shout out, it's cool. But they have the GM survey and it's available on NBA.com. They have the GM survey every year and these guys are as crazy as us. Look at the LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, Darko Milicic draft. And they ask the question, hey, who's going to be the best player in five years of this draft class? And somebody in the LeBron James draft said Michael Pietris will actually be the best player in five years. They're as crazy as us. They have consensus where, hey, Milwaukee, they're going to be a a title contender. The best move of the offseason. Wow, Damian Lillard going to the Bucks. I think those are pretty easy calls. But the funny parts are where they get things wrong. And the draft is already a crapshoot, so seeing those projections are funny to look back on. GM survey is out. If you want to peruse it, you can. Not much jazz inclusion. They did receive votes in most improved, but the team that won was Oklahoma City, an obvious team that will improve. They might be a top four team in the Western Conference. And if you watched Chet versus Wemby on Monday, which I did, it looks and seems like those two teams are going to be rivals for a long time. We might be talking about playoff series where these two are trying to get past each other, and it's Chet burrowing into Victor or Victor burrowing into Chet. Victor gave a headbutt on his way to the rim flexed on Chet. And then Brian Windhorst asked Victor if he has a relationship with him, and he said no. So this is actually going to bring the spice. This is going to be cool to watch. This is what we've all been looking forward to. Seven-footers who could dribble, pass, shoot. This is the NBA now. And I guarantee you people are sleeping on Chet. I'm glad I asked Walker Kessler during USA Basketball camp about him. Because he was on the select team, he was impressing even there. You could hear general managers, NBA front office personnel talking about Chet, Jalen Duran, who also stood out in that USA basketball camp. But Chet, if you're looking for games to watch the Jazz play against, young cores that the Jazz will be contending with, that OKC squad is going to be working together. That OKC squad is on a perfect timeline to be contending in the Western Conference. They are already, in my mind, going to be a top eight team. They're going to the playoffs. It's happening. Book it. Take the over on OKC. Unless there's a catastrophic injury, that team has enough to test you. Could They could be a second-round team this year. They have the perfect five out. They have a great A-level star in Shea. And then you have enough pieces. Wing Jalen Williams. Giddy. His playmaking. His passing. Bench pieces if you need. Trey Mann. They have what it takes. San Antonio is going to be improved with Victor. But he doesn't immediately make them a playoff team. He makes them a tough out in the regular season. You have to see more of it. 
because he's playing the four alongside Zach Collins. But it's going to take a while for San Antonio to get into that OKC tier. Five stars. Nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. I didn't know I would be ending with a Chet Wemby take to finish it off. But here we are. It's the preseason. Game Saturday. Game against the Breakers on Monday. Closing in on two weeks to the season starts. I'll have more as the basketball continues. Keep listening. It's Roundball Roundup on utahjazz.com.